Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into my vineyard too. And when evening came, The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today, Jesus tells us a parable, yes, a story. He tells us a parable that we hear about in the Gospel of Matthew, We hear about a master of a house who goes out and hires workers to come and work in his vineyard. Now, some of these workers worked all day long in that scorching heat, all day long laboring and toiling in that vineyard. And others only worked about an hour. And at the end of the day, when it came time to pay up, though, all the workers came before that foreman and they got paid the exact same amount. Hmm. Is that fair? Indeed, is that fair? It certainly does not sound fair, for when you work long hours, you should get long pay. If you work short hours, you should get less pay. But this is not what we hear in our parable from today. Everyone gets paid the same 
regardless of the amount of time worked. It is almost as if the pay is not connected to the amount of work that was done. In fact, my friends, this is exactly what is going on. This is what Jesus is attempting to show us in this parable, in our gospel reading. He is showing us the amount of pay is not connected to the amount of work, but the pay is connected to the generosity, yes, the generosity of that master of the house. In our gospel reading, my friends, Jesus is teaching us about grace. Yes, he is teaching us about grace in this story, in this parable. He is showing us that the kingdom of God, that kingdom of grace, is not earned by what we do or what we don't do. That is to say, God's gracious disposition towards you and me is not based upon an inert quality that we have. It is not based on the number of good works that we do or the strength of our faith. But rather, according to the Bible, grace is the good favor. I repeat, it is the good favor of God towards you and me. Favor towards us that is not conditioned by what we think, what we say, and what we do. And because of God's gracious favor to us, he does gracious things to us, such as forgiving us of all of our sins. Indeed, we are not used to this kind of thinking. Things in this world do not work this way. In the real world, as they say, nothing in life is free. No pain, well, no gain. Dreams do not become a reality through magic. It takes sweat and determination and hard work, a little bit of a grit. Success is the result of perfection and hard work and learning from failure and loyalty and persistence. Consistent hard work leads to success and we never stop fighting until we arrive at the destined place. That is how the world works, right? What you put in is what you will get in return. But my friends, this is not how it is with grace. This is not how it goes in our parable this day, that story in our gospel of Matthew. You see, in our parable, Jesus separates the payment to the workers from the amount of work that they did. Whether they worked 10 hours or whether they worked one, that did not have any influence on how much they received. And that is how it works with grace as well. Grace is freely given to us. We who are most undeserving and unworthy is not obtained by our hard work, our spiritual jumping jacks, our religious cartwheels, our pious sentiments, or our holier-than-thou attitude, or our completed good works checklists. Get this, not even the most honorable and righteous person who have sought out and followed good works with a burning zeal can earn grace. You see, grace is not like some circus animal that does tricks for a snack. You see, dear friends, when we try to earn grace by our works, when good works do not follow from faith, but from our desire to somehow impress God while we are actually sinning, we're adding sin to sin. It is like this. 
when we do good things to try to somehow and be a good Christian to influence God, we are not operating from faith but trying to butter God up with our so-called good abilities. We cannot, we cannot scratch God's back. We cannot sweet-talk God, and we certainly cannot play up to God with our tricks and our actions, for when we do, we are assuming that we have something to offer God, that we can do something to impress him. We are assuming that we can somehow impress him or wow him when in reality we have nothing to give. Dear friends, the only thing that we can give unto God is sin. Yes, the only thing that you can give is sin. Well, actually, that is not even quite true because when it really comes down to it, with our sin, we often hide our sin and we coat it with our own self-righteousness, dress it up as if it is good. Let's be clear at this point. The problem is not with grace, but the problem is with you and me, our sinful nature, You see, the old Adam, this sinful nature that we possess, that we all possess, would rather purchase grace than obtain it for free. That way, this old Adam can take credit for grace. This is why we have seen throughout the ages so many Christians and pagans flocking to false churches and false pastors to buy grace. The old Adam always wants to have a seat at the table. And so when grace is given freely, the old Adam shakes its head and and insists on paying for grace instead. The old Adam says nothing is free in life. The old Adam actually wants to pay for that grace and tuck the receipt in his back pocket to show what he has done for salvation. 500 years ago, grace was purchased with indulgences. Today, crooked televangelists and corrupt celebrity pastors, well, they prey on the old Adam as well. The old Adam of Christians and the old Adam of pagans. And they get millions of dollars in their pocketbooks as well. They sell grace that is supposed to be free. Beneath all of this, my friends, the harsh truth beneath all of this is the devil. Yes, the devil loves to preach to that old Adam. The devil loves to encourage the sinful nature in its projects and dreams and self-righteous works. The devil longs to pervert grace by making people pay for that which is free. Dear friends, as soon as we attempt to contribute anything towards grace, it ceases to be grace. As soon as our natural desire to acquire grace through some offering or some endeavor of our own comes forth, well, we have poisoned grace. No, actually, it is worse than that. We've perverted grace. To demand grace from God because of the amount of work, the amount of suffering, and the toil that we have done is actually disastrous. Why is this so? Because grace is not dependent upon you and me. I repeat, grace is not dependent on you and me. It has actually nothing to do with you and what we have done, what you and I have done, but it has everything to do with what Jesus has done. Dear baptized saints, do not let anyone tell you that just because grace does not depend on you, that it is somehow cheap grace. You see, there are way too many religious fools and frauds going around insisting that unless grace is dependent on something you think say or do then it is cheap this is nonsense 
This is garbage theology. It is a lie from the pit of hell. Just because grace does not depend on you does not mean that it is cheap. Grace, my friends, is not some cheap commodity like cheap furniture you find on the side of a curb or like that tube TV that they're giving away at a rummage sale. No, grace is not cheap. It is expensive. Do not dare imagine that grace was done for nothing or costs little. It cost Jesus everything. Jesus earned grace at the greatest expense. He earned it with his own blood, with his own body, with his own life. You see, Jesus, he laid down everything for you to put down God's wrath, which is against you. He laid it all down to put down hell's claim upon you. He laid it all down to smash the jaws of death that were upon you. He laid it all down to satisfy divine judgment against you. He did this for you. So when we try to purchase grace through our endeavors, our works, our spiritual projects, we're essentially spitting in the face of Jesus, saying that we don't need him, that we don't need grace. The fact of the matter is that we cannot think, say, or do anything by way of the law to get grace or satisfy a righteous God. And so grace must be based on Jesus. For Jesus is the only one who can earn saving grace for us. This is why everything we teach, everything that we practice, everything that we talk about as a church must center on the grace of Jesus. Otherwise, everything else is lost. Without Jesus, it is all meaningless, mere puffs of air. My friends, we cannot expect grace apart from Jesus, for without Jesus, we do not have grace. But with Jesus, and get this, with Jesus and him alone, Jesus not with a comma, but Jesus with a period, with Jesus alone, there is grace for all. There is grace freely for you. It is rather simple. Either salvation is up to you, or it is up to Jesus. If it is up to you, sin is with you. It is on your conscience. It is upon your shoulders. It is upon your mind. It is a problem that you must overcome. And we know from mankind's history that we do not do too well with this, for we bat 0%. Or, dear friends, it is up to Jesus. And if it is up to Christ, then you are not lost. You are saved by grace through faith. Baptized saints, the good news of the gospel that we hear today, it is this, is that it is up to Jesus who is for you. Grace is for you this day. God has chosen you. Get this. He has chosen you by grace in your baptisms. You as unworthy sinners were baptized into Christ's death and newness of life as a sheer gift. God be praised for grace. Think of it this way too. You confess this day that you are poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed. We confess this boldly together. However, we hear the good news of the gospel that you are forgiven for Christ's sake. Yes, you. You and you and you and you. All of you are forgiven because Jesus was slain for the sin of the world, and that world includes you. God be praised for grace. And get this, 
you are invited to this altar today. You're invited to come forward and kneel at this altar today where you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you, when you come to this altar, this table, you bring nothing to the table except sin. And Jesus pours not wrath into your mouth and upon your tongue, but he gives you his body and his blood upon your mouths and upon your tongues, saying this, take and eat, take and drink, your sins are forgiven. God be praised for grace. Dear baptized saints, we have a gracious God because of Jesus. Do not seek and do not thirst. Do not look anywhere else today. For God's heart is open wide to you by grace through faith because of Jesus. You have grace because you have Christ. And when you have Christ, you have grace freely given to you on account of Christ and him alone. God be praised for this grace. strong word bespeaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from pastor matthew richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit saint paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you.